G'day champions, welcome to Barreled Surf Podcast. It is Tuesday, it is a day late, but that's okay. These things happen. This week on the show, we are lucky enough to have Chris Cote, WSL commentator, former editor of Transworld Surfing Magazine, musician, all-round media guru, and uh, generally a really nice guy as well. So um, we have a bit of a chat with Chris about all things surf, a uh, bit, bit about his background and uh, what he thinks is coming up on the WSL this year. Really, really great chat with Chris Cote. So here it is. We are on and we are listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. It is Namu here. I have T-Bone in the virtual studio and a big warm welcome to Chris Cote from Southern California. What's up, guys? How you doing? Really good this morning. Thanks for, thanks, thanks for joining us on Barrel Surf Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on board. We've, we can see uh, you've got a nice room in the background. It looks like you've got plenty of memorabilia there what's the uh, day looking like in southern california it's uh afternoon in southern california and these days it's kind of about just trying to survive the days and i don't want to sound dramatic when i say survive i mean uh you know wake up feed the kids we have about two and a half to three hours of homeschooling and i'm definitely not a qualified homeschool teacher but i'm doing my best uh you know and then and in that time, I'm trying to work as well. Uh, so between nine o'clock and about one and one or two o'clock, it's pretty hectic. But then, you know, it becomes about going outside and doing whatever we can to kind of, you know, today is just gorgeous out there. So we are BMX bikes, skating, uh, just trying to get energy and sun while we can. While yeah. they, you know, who knows? We might uh, we might have, you know, the SWAT team with with firearms out coming down the street and forcing us to stay in our homes the way things are going. But, uh, life is good down here today. No, no complaints other than we can't surf like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We we must admit we're very lucky in WA being able to get out in the water at the moment. Um, there's been a few sort of conversations around don't congregate (laughs) in the car park. Don't, don't, don't take it for granted because they don't blow it. Could get taken away at any point. Um, exactly. It's uh, it's been good actually to keep the the non locals away from the surf spots for a change, which is <laughs> quite a good thing. Is up everywhere. Sorry, I mate. That they're surfing in Hawaii though. I noticed this morning there was a clip. So what's the difference between mainland US and Hawaii, Chris? Uh, you know, I think where where we are. So it's interesting because Dana Point and above, which is Orange Orange County, you can still surf, but you can't congregate on the beach. Hawaii, Hawaii, I believe the rules are, you know, I talked to Albie Lair on Maui just a couple days ago. 
they can surf, but you cannot stand or hang out on the beach. So you can't film somebody surfing or, you know, yeah. be the, be a lot troll. Like we like to call it hanging out in the parking lot. <laughs> um, but I, you know, in the same way I saw the, the videos of pipeline, but yesterday yeah, and it, looked, it looked like a normal, a normal pumping day at pipeline. There was 150 yeah. people out and people on yeah, the beach. Okay. So I think so, every, every, re, every region is kind of, self-governing in a way uh mm. you know i san diego is pretty much all the rules are the same they're really clamping down this week uh all the beaches are closed all the parking lots at the beaches are closed and mm. now they've gone as far as closing the walking paths along the, <laughs> the beaches along the highway and stuff so this week has been pretty stringent and again it's because of the herd mentality of people just blowing yeah, it. Sure. So like, everyone goes, what? Oh, you can surf there. Boom. There's 50 people there. So, you know, and you know what? It's springtime in Southern California, you know, this April, April, May to me is the worst time of year for surfing. Cause it's generally kind of windy. It's still pretty yeah, cold. Okay. There's yeah. not a lot of waves down here. So honestly, in the last three weeks, there's probably two, maybe three days. I would have been excited to serve anyway. So <laughs> yeah. it, it hasn't been that difficult to swallow the idea of not surfing for three weeks, but it's starting to, you know, it's starting to get that itch. You definitely yeah, starting yes. to get that itch. How, how long since you surfed? Um, I want to say I surfed maybe two and a half or three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. And that's, I, just, that's I, caught one, I caught one wave. It was, yeah. It was, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think a lot of us have had, you know, knee surgeries or, whatever moved to a different place so you know i've had i've had multiple knee surgeries and shoulder things so i've been Is out of water skating six, um one of them was skating one of them was surfing so i've been out of the water six months seven months at a time it's i mean it's not it's not fun but you deal with it, it sucks. I, i'm i think it just make it's going to make everybody that much more you know excited and i think thankful to be able to surf and hopefully it'll yeah, be time you know, hopefully it'll, it'll just, people will be, you know, stoked and not overly aggressive. Like, oh, got to get back out there and catch every wave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the danger yeah. of surfers, we'll see, though, we'll isn't see it? about that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. They certainly look like that we at are. Pipeline yesterday. It was crazy. So many people out there. We are, we are the worst. Surfers We're are the worst. The <laughs> we are the best. Um, so, in general, you obviously grew up in California, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, across the street, I grew up across the street from where I'm sitting right now. Oh, truly? So I didn't go. I didn't go far from home. Close to home. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And on a, on a, you know, I guess it, it varies. But growing up, obviously surfing. What what was the you know the waves? Do you remember the waves being light when you were a grom? When I was a grom, I lived for the days where it was sheet glass and one foot. You know, because then. I felt like I was in control and I could get to the outside of the lineup. And I've always been afraid of big waves. That was really a real kind of brick wall that I hit when I was trying to be a pro surfer. Mm. Right, my first, my first time in Hawaii, I go, Oh, maybe I need to get a different job because this is not for <laughs> me. Um, but yeah, I just remember those, the, the, the dream days pretty much like yesterday and today sheet glass, sunny, no one out one to two feet. And, you know, where you're a young kid and you feel like you're in control and the big dudes aren't out there get catching all the waves. You're kind of like, this is your day. 
So those were always my, my dream days growing up. And I learned to surf literally two blocks away. So nice. uh, I, I do uh, get those kind of de- deja vu moments some days when I'm out there. One or two foot and glassy sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> we, don't, we don't get too many, <laughs> too many days like yeah, that in right. WA. So, so surfing, obviously, um, at the same time, you're surfing, uh, uh, skating, and also playing music. Was it sort of a, a, those three things are a main sort of um, uh, pursuits for you when you, when you were younger? Yeah, definitely. I mean, ar- around here is pretty much whatever the neighbors or your older brothers did. You know, my, my stepdad surfed, my dad body surfed, but it's not like it was today where, you know, your dad's also your videographer and your coach <laughs> and then your coach is working with your parents. It's, it was, it was more like you get a board for Christmas, you get a wetsuit for Christmas and then you ride that board and wear that wetsuit until it's just falling off your body <laughs> until the things just dust. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, you know, and so it was always just, you were either surfing or you were skateboarding. And when you were skateboarding, you were pretending to be, you know, I get to be Aki today. And you'd go down the sidewalk <laughs> pretending you were Aki. And you know, surfing my moves in the ramps. Yeah. My brother and I used to fight over who could be Aki that day. <laughs> um, you know, and, I, and I think it was just, a, it was just kind of that, almost, almost like you didn't really even have a choice where, where I live. Everybody surfs, everybody skates, and you just did it. Music came a little bit later. Uh, always listened to it, always loved it. You know, my dad playing rock and roll for me and all that stuff. But uh, I didn't start playing myself until, you know, probably end of junior high school, going into high school. Okay. Where I started, I started listening to some some bands and some some music, and you know, friends started playing music and starting bands, and you kind of realize, well, you don't have to be Led Zeppelin, right? You can be, you know, the, the garage rock band from yeah, the garage rock band from down the street. <laughs> so yeah, I was kind of in that order. I'd say skating, surfing, and then music. And what yeah, sort of um, music were you were you listening to when you when you sort of started out? Um, at around that time, I, I think bands like Sonic Youth, mm. uh, really, I guess, and, and this band Boilermaker that was just a local band. These are bands, you know, indie rock that you didn't have to know chord, you know, scales and chords and all that stuff because it was just like they were making it up and whatever sounded good came out. You know, Sonic Youth, especially while they're brilliant musicians and it's far more complicated once you actually try to learn the song and stuff when you're listening to it you're going well i can kind of make that sound i don't have to be a good singer or a good guitar player to play music and be in a band you just play what you think sounds cool and yeah. you know now there's a million bands you could name off that you wouldn't think of as musical savants or masters of their craft but damn are they good you know, they, they make it work, you know, like right now in Australia, all these bands coming out, the, you know, the chats and these bands that are just playing straightforward. Oh, you know, the chats. Rock. Oh yeah. Smoke go. Pub fade. Yeah. <laughs> Pub so, uh, you know, and I, I feel like those are the types of bands every, you know, every couple of years or whatever, there's bands that come out where there's probably a thousand bands coming up in Australia that heard the chats and they're like, Oh, okay, we can do that, you know? Totally, We can write yeah. songs about pub feeds and Dine and Dash and <laughs> going on Smoko. 
going on smoko did you ever come across uh i'm pretty sure they were influenced by a band a few years a few years back from australia called eddie current suppression suppression ring did you ever oh come yeah across them? yeah 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 for sure they're amazing they, well, you know, um, yeah. sort of, can they sing can they play their guitars absolutely not and it sounds amazing <laughs> I think they'd probably take umbrage with that, but um, yeah, they, they were amazing. They they sort of faded out a couple of years ago, um, but yeah, I, I wanted to ask you quickly about the um, the cut it up documentary. I um I came across that fairly recently um, when you guys were on tour with Blink and and Green Day. Um, yeah. Now that that was that was a, a le- legitimate doco, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, when we were, when we were making it, it didn't, it, it just felt like we were doing, you know, what we always do when we were making surf videos or whatever. We kind of just went out there and filmed everything. And then it came out and it, it was, it's kind of weird when it's, when you're the subject of the documentary, because, you know, I think nowadays there's a, there's a documentary about everything and everyone, but even back then, which is, it's not that long ago, but you really think of it as a big deal. It was just kind of our friends and we put it out and it got, you know, it got, it got a pretty popular, I guess, release, but there was no Netflix or streaming services per se. So it definitely, you know, you had to get on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I feel like nowadays it, it has definitely become a cult classic. It's, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's one amazing. of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, there's pockets around the world that Australia, England, um, you know, California, East Coast, uh, even kind of Atlanta, Midwest, where there's these pockets of they were kids when they watched it, but now they're fairly grown up. And they would watch that video like, surfers would watch a video you know to get excited to go surfing you watch whatever momentum 2 or something to get excited to go party you would watch riding in vans with boys that's what i hear from australians all the time oh mate we used to watch that video and then just get pissed who's the (laughs) best so i think it has become kind of a a cult classic and you know eventually I, i can see us revisiting it and hopefully remastering it, re-releasing it on a Netflix or, you know, Amazon or something like that. That'd be awesome. We're getting the band back together. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, you know, we, we, we played a couple of shows in the last, but well, a couple, the last like four, four or five months, we got back together and started playing a couple of shows and we were kind of starting to ramp up a little bit and, you know, get the machine back on and back rolling. And then, you know, obviously this all happened and there's no shows for a while. So hopefully when it starts live music and all that starts back up, we'll, we'll get back out there. Oh, how good's that going to be? That's, that's been a thing that's been getting me is, um, yeah, just being able to go out and have a beer and catch some music or whatever else. Um, right. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, I can't help, but, um, bring out parallels to this is spinal tap. Was it just, just sort of cracks me up a bit. What, what, you know, the, the whole spinal tap thing and then you guys riding around in the vans and yeah it's classic. yeah it's, it's well it was funny it was it's pretty interesting how quickly and i think this would happen in any setting like that re- reality tv or documentary how quickly the the camera kind of disappears it was one of our best friends that was filming anyway mm. so he was just in the he was in the crew anyway 
Yeah. So it wasn't like this weird stranger with the camera. It just kind of disappeared and we were all just doing what we would do anyway. Um, you know, there was moments that we kind of would look at the camera and be like, do not record this. <laughs> what I'm about to do, do not record this. This is for us only. Well, we're a band, Speaking we're touring. Of- we are, there's certain things that need to stay off camera, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Classics. Speaking of reality TV, I think I saw a photo of someone who had a striking resemblance of Joe Exotic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tiger King Mania. Yeah, no, we, uh, so I. Is I've, he locked up? He's locked up right now. Um, apparently, he's, he's appealed and the saga is not over. Oh, the there saga you go. is definitely not over with Joe Exotic. We got every, uh, so I do a podcast, The Monday Mass, my, myself and Todd Richards. Mm-hmm. And basically every single Monday when we go to promote the podcast, Todd photoshops my head onto different <laughs> things, usually bodies, but sometimes <laughs> things. Uh, and his Joe Exotic piece of just art was some of his best Photoshop work. That's amazing. That'll be, that's a keeper. keeper I was going to ask while. who does your photoshopping because they're obviously pretty good at it. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no subtlety there. No, mine's very crude. He's really got some nuance in his fading on the features and stuff. And I definitely think you guys should start, you know, if you're not already doing it, get on the Photoshop to promote. I mean, you guys could, you can get nuts. Do Put so your head on anything. How, how did you sort of, when did you decide and how did you decide to um, get into the podcasting area? Um, you know, I think with, what I've always tried to do with jobs and gigs and whatever is try to kind of visualize what's next. I hung on to print media for as, about as long as you could. Mm. And then I went, you know, to kind of the, the web world and fuel TV and all that. And you know, I started listening to podcasts and audio uh, books forever. But when podcasts kind of started, you know, I, I, I dove in pretty heavy and, uh, just realizing that there was a whole new world out there of people that wanted to sit in their car for an hour and listen to ranting and <laughs> random conversations. And in, in looking at the, in, in looking at the space, you know, I, I surf skate and snowboard and I'm a nerd. And so is my friend, you know, so when I, when I first started it, it was just me and that got old pretty quick. I was trying to do a fifth, a 20 minute podcast two-minute intro, five-minute surf, five-minute skate, five-minute snow, oh, okay. however long the outro yeah. was. So, and I was to differentiate myself from the few podcasts that kind of dealt with action sports at the time, I wanted to do it every single Monday, quick show, get it out there really consistently. And so that's why I named it Monday Mass. Um, and so I want to say for six or eight months, I did it just by myself. And I would add music and all this stuff. But as you guys know, when you're just talking to yourself with a microphone, regardless of how excited you are about these topics, it's going to get old. (laughs) And so I started having my, my friend Todd Richards on and, you know, we've been friends forever. We kind of share the same brain in a lot of senses. So we, uh, once we kind of got back together or got together doing it, we're going, Oh, okay. This, this is it right here. And so we still try to do it every single Monday. Um, I want to say we're, we're probably on about 100, 180 or 200 episodes at this oh, point. We skip a week here and there, 
you know, because whatever I'm in Brazil and he's in Colorado or however it happens. But for the most part, it's about consistency and, you know, just keeping it fun. And it all, it all really started as just a way for us to keep our tools sharp between commentating broadcast events. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, you know, we put it out there and it started getting traction and it's, it's, you know, now it's part of the, the canon. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, it's all content, isn't it? I mean, we, we've found that once we've, while we've been filming these as well, there's all of a sudden there's video content. Um, you know, you've got your, your we've, we've sort of gone from being whenever to every two weeks where we're uh, putting out and it's, um, yeah, it's, going, it's, yeah, it's good, good fun. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so, so, how, so you've been going about, what, three and a half years or so? Yeah, around three and a half years, and it's been pretty cool because you can, you can. It, it, it's easy to gauge. You you know exactly how many people are listening. You know where they're listening from, mm-hmm. um, and now with with all you know with the ease in which you can record, distribute, you know it's it, it's kind of a no brainer in terms of the making it your addition to doing these big, you know, whether it's a WSL event or a Vans Park Series event where it's, you know, you have the broadcast team and the whole deal. It's like, I'm researching this stuff all day anyway. Yeah, sure. And it's basically water cooler talk for people like us who just love all this stuff. Um, You know, and so we're, you know, we're excited. Like we get excited on Saturday and Sunday going, oh yeah, this is going to be a sick episode coming up. This happened. And we kind of have to like save our conversations until we're recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We found a lot of times, well. start, yeah, you'll start talking and you've been talking for a half hour and then you're going, damn it. Why didn't we record that? That's the gold <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, just, just recently we, we've done a bunch of stuff. The, the hard part, the audio part is easy, right? The hard part was figuring out the best way to do it on video. And in, you know, in watching what guys like Joe Rogan and Mark Marin have done with, yeah. You know, taking one, let's say one conversation bit or bit of content, right? And breaking that down into 50 different things that you can send out, the video, the audio, the snippets of yeah. the conversation. It's it's pretty incredible. I mean, obviously he's got a big team and mm-hmm. a budget, but to <laughs> yeah. kind of learn from the big podcasts, how to make ours better has been pretty fun. And you know, again, it's, the hard part about the video is dealing with the, the giant file sizes and editing and that that's a robust, yeah. you know, that's a, a whole, a whole different ball game. Um, but for the audio portion, it's, I, I have, I'm sure you guys do too. I have people all the time going, Hey, I want to start a podcast. What do I do? And it's pretty simple. It's like, it's not about the microphones or the recording. It's about what you're going to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And, exactly. You know, yep. Another thing that we did, from the very beginning is, you know, we, we have a pretty good, a, a really good Rolodex of phone numbers and contacts and all that. But since I wanted to do it every single Monday, the idea of booking guests gets, you know, you're underwater quick. <laughs> once you get your, your 10 hammers and then you're reaching out to people like, uh, Hey, um, whoever, <laughs> Aki, would you like to be on the podcast? You know? <laughs> So it's uh that 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 saves us a lot because we can just talk to each other and get no one else involved and we still have an episode. 
or we can cold call people and now with you know with zoom recording and all that we can you know we can get guests in we just did our first kind of uh a, a good byproduct for us from all this is now you have these amazing production teams and you know content creators and people with technical savvy that aren't working right now mm. and so you know we have a guy named jay johnson a guy named kemp curley uh kemp is the producer of you know do tour jay johnson has done big wave world tour uh mm. isa events wsl events so we have these two you know these these guys put on giant broadcasts and since they're just home now we we, we kind of were able to put our heads together and kind of come up with a, a an idea to do and i'm sure once they start actually getting back to work and getting back to their big budget productions we're All over. in the dust <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been it's been cool for us to to kind of be able to tap into some of the the resources that we have there. Yeah, and awesome. Chris, where do you where do you do most of your work? Do you get most of your work from WSL? Is that who, who pays your bills? Yeah, right. Right now, I would say the you know the majority of it's WSL. I do WSL surf breaks, which is daily, four to four to five days a week. Um, and then I do uh, World Surf Weekly, relatively new show. We just dropped our, or we're dropping our fifth episode on Monday, uh, in a couple of days, depending depending on when you listen to this podcast. It's out. So, yeah. so you had Jack um, Robbo on just the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I had Jack Robbo on. So that's a new one, and you know, I came on as a producer and host of that show. So that's kind of the, the big one. Surf Breaks is a well-oiled machine. It's a team of about six. So, you know, we'll get the script in the morning, talking to my phone like that in front of my house or up at the WSL office when I, when, when it's open. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those, those two things have been keeping me very busy and, you know, with the launch of World Surf Weekly, I kind of took myself out of the, the commentator field for at least the first four to six events because I wanted to okay. focus on this show and, you know, uh, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for me, it worked out because now I don't have the FOMO of not being able to do those events. But, you know, I think that it's, it's heavily outweighed by the fact that I really want to be watching pro surfing right now. I really want to be talking about events. I really want to be, you know, I I wish I was in Oz about ready to, you know, talk about. Were you coming over? Uh, I, I wasn't going to come or I was going to come, I think for snapper potentially for the Red Bull portion of the, of the event, the airborne. And then, you know, Bali or, uh, G land, Brazil, you know, there was, yeah. there was the, the, the schedule wasn't fully hashed out yet, but it was, it was going to be a pretty, this, this time is usually pretty wild for me travel wise because you got surf events and skate events, both lining up. And then with the Olympics coming up, it was set up to be a crazy spring and summer. Yeah, it's huge. Um, but obviously things changed. And, you know, luckily for me, I'm really fortunate to have three or, you know, three or four gigs that I'm excited about, that I love doing, that's, that pay the bills. And, you know, yeah, excellent. I can so, do it from home. Yeah, that's great. I've been enjoying the WSL Rewind. I noticed they've been doing Crummus. Obviously now Crummus is off the uh, the tour and G-Land's on. I know that you're a goofy, so you've... A fan on that decision to to uh, bring G-Land back? 
I was very excited to go to G-Land <laughs> and watch G-Land. I know it can be very fickle. Um, and God, Karamas is so fun to watch. It, I, I, wish they could both, I wish they could both be on there. Yeah. Um, well, they could, maybe. They could. I mean, right? It's not that far away. It's uh, no. a couple hours on a boat. Or well, they had the Ulus and Karamas a couple of years ago, didn't they? So yeah, right. why not? Why not? And they, they 2021. 2021 yeah bring it 2021 on. we're gonna we're going anywhere we want yeah because mark's got cancelled because of the sharks didn't it didn't it get cancelled they... yeah so it took Mark, it to yeah. g-land uh not to g-land to yeah. Ulu's. yeah yeah so what it got cancelled halfway through or cut off halfway through and then they had to restart it at Ulu yeah. Yeah. yeah yes wasn't that's happy, right that's right no he was not <laughs> he's got a bit of pull hasn't he to, to cancel the whole event we're gonna move the event um, so how, how did you originally sort of get involved with the Wazzle, Chris? It was that just a, a sort of slow, slow, gradual thing or was it just, Hey, come work for us, mate. Um, I want to say, so at, when I, I did Transworld Surf magazine, started the magazine in 1999. And with that, we started, you know, we would come on as a sponsor for events. Um, the first real big one that we came on as a sponsor for was the U S open. And so I kind of got wedged in there from our bosses, like, well, we want our voice on the broadcast. And I was friends with the Vans people. And so it was a, a, a good fit. And I had done a couple little events and stuff, but that was my first real kind of big broadcast, a big webcast commentary job. And so through that, I started doing the US Open every year, I started doing the Vans Triple Crown every year, um, started getting more jobs with fuel tv hosting the daily habit and action sports plus and so a lot of those commentary and broadcast gigs started kind of overtaking the surf magazine gig or job that i had so i made myself editor at large in i want to say 20 2011 or something and really started focusing on the commentary the fuel tv stuff the broadcast stuff producing my own shows and stuff like that so it was uh it was pretty much just getting wedged in there in the u.s open and me, and then trying to just scratch and claw for every gig that i could possibly get <laughs> yeah yeah um it's yeah it's it's uh yeah i guess sometimes you do have to scratch and claw to get those get up in, get up in these sorts of situations don't you um speaking yeah, of commentating who, who do you enjoy listening to when you when you're watching surfing uh i mean I think everybody has a pretty cool, it's the, the different voices when you put them together, there's certain combinations that you hear and you're going, Oh, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is quite working <laughs> out. I like, you know, two, two different accents for me, like an Australian and a, an American or South, you know, I think two different accents for me uh, is kind of pleasing to hear. I think, mm -hmm. you know, Ronnie, Ronnie Blakey has just the smoothest tone and yes. yeah. sardonic. He's a beautiful wit. sounding man. Um, Joe Turpel knows more facts and history about surf competition than anyone. Um, uh, Strider's just amped, you know, kind of <laughs> amped. You get those guys, you know, those guys get, get wound up and it's super fun to listen to. I mean, every, like everybody has, has their moments, you know, P Pete Mel, when he gets excited, it's infectious, yeah. you know, you, you are good. just as stoked as he is. Uh, it, Rosie, everybody, I mean, I, I don't 
I don't get on the train of hating on other commentators because I know how yeah. hard it is. And I know, yeah. so, and I know from experience so many times haters, uh, you know, want to like, look, sh- let me come in the booth. I'll, sh- I'll show you. <laughs> and I go, I'm like, come in. The Vulcan Pipe Pro is a great example of when we're there and you got people going, come on, dude, like you blew the da da da. And I, and I, you can, that's one of those events where you go, okay, well, come on in, come on in the booth. And every time they sit in the chair and they put the headset on and they just go, what is going, you know, cause people are talking <laughs> in their ears. There's, and so yeah. it's, it's pretty fun to see other people get humbled and then they, and then they can acknowledge like, wow, that is a really hard job. You know, that, that's why it's the same for music reviews, right. Or, or bands. There's a ton of bands that I don't like and I can write off easily, but I never do because I know how hard it is to write and record a song and put it out into the world. And so it's the same with commentary. Like, yeah, we, we get lazy sometimes and we'll repeat words and sometimes we'll blow a stat or a sentence. But, you know, if, you, if you've ever tried to talk about something for nine hours a day. <laughs> yeah, for long. Yeah, we, really, it's, we really enjoy yourself, um, Sal and Dave Wassel. I think you guys make a good uh, trifecta. That, Some of them, that some is a fun, that is a fun that team. Right oh, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, the, the, the Vulcan Pipe Pro is a really fun event because you do get to get new voices in there. Wassel, um, Sal gets in the mix. Uh, it was, you know, it's awesome having Ross Williams back in the booth. We had Megan Abubo in there this year. So, you know, I think that that's one of those events where you do get to hear a little bit of variation. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, right now I would listen to anybody talking about surfing. If I just watch <laughs> yeah, same. And that's what's fun about, you know, I think it's smart for the WSL to put those events on there because you know i i I wish they could go further back i would love to watch the 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 bell skins events and all that stuff which i'm sure is out there but it's pretty cool the wsl is handpicking and kind of curating that experience yeah i've been watching you know what i watched time and time again was and you were commentating the 2012 fiji pro obviously the event pulled off and it was just massive what would i just I'm still in awe of that footage and that commentary. It's just it, unbelievable. Do you think the event should have kept running? Because I did watch a couple of waves actually the other day. Do you think yeah. they should have kept them in the water? I and think I think these away? days these days they would have. I think yeah. back then that was kind of the first time that they experienced something like that. Um, you know, and I I, I want to say it's probably fifty fifty with the guys on tour who was going to go and who was going to say no. Um, well, you know, maybe I take that back. Maybe uh, there's a hefty percentage of surfers in the top tier of the championship tour right now that would not want to go on a day like that. Oh, um, God, but bad. you know what? I mean, you know what was crazy was the events going, and you had this buildup, and thank thank God that they kept the cameras rolling because yeah, there's never been a yeah there's never been an event with that kind of drama and that kind of questioning right and you know to see mick fanning and john john literally looking around the restaurant i need a 10-foot board you know like pulling <laughs> yeah. boards off off the wall yeah, of a crazy. restaurant to go surf so i mean that really separated the true elite who could ride anything mm. from yeah. you know just your really good contest surfers and to feel the the thing that i took away from that day was you know, sitting next to Kelly Slater or Dave Wassel, and they're about to go surfing. And you're kind of looking <laughs> at them 
and they're on, there's there's something happening in their mind. There's a machine yeah. working, and you're yeah. kind of just going like, well, there's I, there's no way in hell that I'm even I'm even going in a boat to even go close to that way. <laughs> so to see those guys going through that moment yeah. of paddling yeah. out, that was yeah. amazing. But the the real takeaway was the feeling afterwards when everyone's mm. coming in from that session, and oh, you're just would have been a high. Yeah, you're standing next to someone and you can literally, I felt you could feel the vibration coming off of them. And I've yeah. never felt anything like that. It was, yeah. it, it was just, it was bizarre. It, it was, was surreal. It was it's the most perfect big wave. Was, I remember watching, is it Reef McIntosh? It's just an unbelievable, huge backhand barrel. Yeah, it was phenomenal stuff to watch. Yeah. I'm glad that footage keeps coming up and coming out because there's never been anything like that. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I love watching Tavarua. I, I wish it was back on tour. Um, also, also, cannot stop watching the the John John Kelly hit at JP. That's another favourite of mine. Yeah. Oh pretty. yeah. Yeah. I should just warn warn um, Chris at this point that our, <laughs> our Zoom is about to um, finish up. It's. I thought they were going to let us go through, but it looks like they're going to um, kick us off because it seems to be sometimes they'll kick you off and sometimes they won't. Um, yeah, yeah. Back if you want, or do we restart? Yeah, well, if we can restart, if you're happy to do that, Chris, we'll do that. Um, that's fine. Yes, yeah, sweet. we now. I've completely lost my train of thought because the um, the Zoom thing keeps coming up at me. But anyway, yeah. So talking about obviously that Fiji event was absolutely incredible. Where where are some where are some of your sort of current favourite places to to go on, on the tour? Um, I went to Brazil for the first time a couple of years ago in Sacarema and it was, I was going down there fully guarded, right? This place is dangerous. You know, everyone's telling me all these things about it. This place is dangerous. Do not walk around at night. Don't walk around alone. The waves are crappy. It's crowded. Da, da, da. I get down there and it is paradise. I mean, everybody was so sweet everybody is so focused on the water and cheering at the right time and you know they they're knowledgeable surf fans it was a completely different experience than i expected the waves were insane and you never felt you know you never felt the vibe of oh my god someone's gonna <laughs> you know rob me or whatever and that was one of those kind of amazing surprises so sakurama was just that was that was epic um France is always a favorite uh, because it's it's the it's got everything the food the waves the yeah. the ability you know a lot of the places that you'll go on tour that might sound like the dream destination Tahiti Fiji um, you know even Hawaii in many cases you're always going to be surfing with some of the world's best surfers. so this is the part where we had a little audio break because the Zoom meeting finished but we're back on now. I've hard paddling, aggressive, amp, yeah. professional surfers. So it takes some of the, uh, takes some of the magic out of some of those designations. That would I mean, suck. Not, not complaining at all. But uh, I think some of the destinations like, like France, Portugal, you know, where you can go and you can be right there in the mix at the event and be part of that, you know, that whole show. But then if the contest is off or, you know, the contest ends early or whatever, you're in your car and you're surfing alone or you're surfing yeah. with just a few friends 
And that's, that's what it was like in Brazil. That's what it's always like in France and Portugal. You know, there's a wave around every corner. So it's funny, the, 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 the best, I think the, the best events to actually surf at are the ones that on paper might not, you might not think those are going to be the best events to be at. You know, waves, yeah. waves, waves around the actual contest area and that sort of thing. Yeah, my cousin yeah, exactly. um, did some. He, he's done a fair bit of camera work for the Wazzle, and he, that's exactly what he sort of said. Where there's waves around the event, you know, he he reckons Brazil is one of his favourite places because you know there's oh, just yeah. plenty of waves around there. It's probably a bit like Margaret River as well. We, um, yeah, well, uh, he, he he's obviously from Perth, but um. Yeah, he, he loves coming down here for the Margie's event when it when it's on. Um, yeah, so obviously had a good time in Brazil, first time there. Um, what about the actual waves? Oh, the waves in Sakurama are insane. It's, it's really fun. There's a really long, you know, on on its day like anywhere, but there's a really long left that's just rippable. And even when it's crowded, even when everyone's out there, there's just waves coming in all over the place. Um, and then the right on the other side of the beach bounces off this jetty and it's just a perfect wedge. And it was, it's so funny when, you know, the, the, the surf world comes together and you go, oh, why is Brazil on the schedule? And then an event like that happens and you go, okay, the proof yeah. is in the pudding. There's 50,000 people on the beach screaming anytime somebody does something cool <laughs> and the waves are perfect and it's just, you know, the, the proof is all there. Why, why does it, why that event is on tour? Yeah. That right hand off the, off the rocks was insane. Especially, especially the oh, year that yeah. Felipe won. It was just incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, that way will humble you too. I got the first <laughs> session out there. I got pitched like four times and I'm going, Brazil is pretty magical and a lot different <laughs> than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot to get over there as well some point uh t-bone we can maybe get on the commentary team and head over to head over to brazil for 2021 um yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll just stand next to rosie on the beach yeah one thing we've been talking a little bit about on barreled surf podcast in the past just by the way we've got chris cote with us today thanks for joining us again chris um so much content obviously we, we've talked a little bit, bit about pipeline just before um there's a fair bit of YouTube content out there. Is there anything that you've been sort of keeping your eye on and enjoying? Oh, as far as shows and stuff like that? about Yeah. Surfing. Yeah. Um, For instance, we've been, um, both T-Bone and myself have really been enjoying Nate, Nate Florence's channel. Yeah. Yeah. Nate, Nate has some incredible stuff. Almost a lot of times hard to relate because of the waves those guys surf <laughs> on, a, on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, again, that's, that's the, the fun part about what's happening right now with the ease of access to a camera, an editing system and YouTube or Vimeo or whatever. I mean, everybody has the ability now to put something like that out. And the conversation now is kind of like, Oh, are vlogs corny, right? Well, I don't think so because I watch all of them and I'm loving all of them. You know, anytime the guy, you know, anytime Dane Reynolds, Dion, uh, you know, that crew put something out. How could you not watch it? Creed McTiger, the rate, the rage videos, um, stab has been doing just, I feel like they've been doing some of the most creative, uh, just visually captivating and just fun and cool to watch things like 
the electric acid test, mm. um, the stab, stab high event was obviously super cool, but just their little, you know, their, their little, the, the sh- I don't want to say little, the shows that they're doing are varied enough to where, you know, there's, there's always something on, right? You can go on YouTube, you can go on stab, you can go on any of these websites and there's always going to be something new to see. And I, I just, I, I think that the ability now to discover new talent is so much easier and hope, you know, hopefully with what we're doing at Surf Breaks and World Surf Weekly, you know, by, by trying to grab things from all the corners, we're, we're basically trying to facilitate uh, or trying to be kind of the one-stop shop of like, hey, here's some cool things to watch. A lot of it is going to be WSL property, but a lot of it's going to be, you know, what was Ollie Henry, the kid from West Oz, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the rusty kid. You know, that was, that was one of those examples of, I see. you know, we have, yeah, we have, we have little uh, reporters tentacles around the world and yeah, somebody nice. like that drops a video. We're going, I, I never heard of Ollie Henry. And Man, then I saw it in my, in my script and I go, Holy shit. And then I watched the video. I go, this shit, this kid. Yeah. And you know, it's things like that to where there's so much out there. And I like the pace that it's coming to because you have a, a heavy video drop. Right. And then you have a couple of days to kind of recover yeah, sure. from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's from here, Tyrone. So you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, a friend, of, a friend of ours, um, only probably a couple of weeks ago, um, sort of tagged in in, in a clip, and uh, I've never actually heard of the name. So uh, there you go. Yeah, Anything Mason Hope puts out is always going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I love shit. I love border views. I love all that stuff. I love, I love historical things. You know, I think that maybe that's one thing that we're lacking a little bit in skateboarding. There's a show, uh, Jeff Grosso, rest in peace, legend icon. He had a show called love letters to skateboarding where he would hone in on, on one thing like Smith grinds or, or, uh, you know, skating and punk rock, whatever it was, it was one topic. And he would go on and uh, on and on about it, interview people and really, yeah, show you and explain the history of these tricks or these pros or these spots. And I, I think that's something that we could, you know, we could be better served in, in our world is a kind of more history, you know, guys like Joel Tudor and, you know, there's, there's a, a small group of surfers kind of keeping that torch lit surfers journal but I, I think those easily digestible 15 20 minute youtube documentaries uh about surfing and history would be shit, i would watch that all day long yeah you know, like absolutely of- hey speaking speaking of new content um i see connor coffin uh in the kitchen the other day cooking some <laughs> meat. he reckon that you go in the uh, hell's kitchen i think that that uh is an example of early pandemic content <laughs> panic. <laughs> um, I think a lot of us thought that surfing was going to just end. What, what, <laughs> oh my God. Um, but I was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other night where we were watching something about Isabella Nichols and it was just at her house. Or this was a WSL thing. I, yeah. I want to say it was called Long Patrol or something. I should know this. But it was her and she's and, you know, I've met her. She's super cool. I, I don't know much about her. She surfs really good. And then I watched this little clip and it was like, 
she's in the university, she's doing this, she collects guitars. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm an Isabella Nichols fan. Just <laughs> yeah, from watching yeah, that yeah. little thing. You know, yeah. so I, I feel like those little slices of life before when there was contests and scores mm, to talk exactly. about yeah. and priority errors, we were all fixated on that and that was enough for us. But now that there's kind of, we, we have to be creative, you know, like I, I, at first when I saw like Connor cooking or <laughs> so-and-so showing us how to wax his board or whatever it was and going, Oh God, this is it. But then it's you watch it and you're like, long lockdown. You're like, you're like, that was actually pretty cool. You know, I didn't learn something there. And why shouldn't these people be, you know, why shouldn't they be humanized? Why shouldn't the yeah, stars sure, of our sport kind of show us a little bit more? Um, so I think in, in this time right now, beyond the, 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 the bittersweet part of it is all these amazing surf clips that are dropping throughout all this, getting us yeah. freaking so hyped to surf and we can't surf, some of us. Um, but I think that the creativity that's coming out of it and kind of the guys that would have been on the beach filming surf events or filming video parts. Now they're going, they're kind of turning the lens around and going, well, what else is interesting about some of these people? So I think we're, we're, we're kind of learning more for better or for worse about a lot of the stars of our sport. So yeah, yeah. I think there's, you know, there's, there's, there's good things in the content panic of 2020. <laughs> yeah, at, the at, content at panic, the hashtag moment. that one. <laughs> That's me reminding myself to go to work. I just a question <laughs> regarding um, you know the current current situation. Do a lot of the surfers are they obliged to um, to, to to join in on, on some of the some of the content and, and, and interviews um, in the WSL? Uh, for the most part, yes. You know, you have some some surfers that are just more guarded about letting you know, they're letting people into their life or, you know, maybe they just think it's corny. But I think for the most part, you know, right, right now, we're not having that much difficulty reaching out to people and going, look, we've got this show. We'd love to ask you some goofy questions and just have fun with it. Get, you know, get to know you a little yeah. bit better. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of, they're, they're so hyper-focused on getting to the event getting their result and doing that like that's all they that's all they want to do so i think right now it's kind of a, a lot of them are you know maybe a breath of fresh air knowing that they don't have the pressure of performing so they can yeah, yeah. maybe let their guard down a little bit so it, it hasn't really you know i can't speak for the wsl but for me in my reaching out to some people i'm about you know so let's say i'm about six for 10 in getting the call back and not being ignored. I mean, I've been waiting yeah. on, pro, I've been waiting for pro surfers to respond for 20 years. So I'm totally used to it. <laughs> and we've got no hope in hell. I've been getting ignored <laughs> by pros forever. So I'm totally used to it. Yeah. Well, same, same here. <laughs> we, we, we found that we, we, we're pretty good at getting ignored by pros as well, but I'm. Oh, they're good. They're really good. At it, <laughs> just, like, just before I texted, Chris. I texted. I texted Kelly Slater three times. He hasn't texted me back. The guy. Just kidding. I don't have his number. I don't have his number. <laughs> sure you do. Mate, just before you were saying about um, your, 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 your good friend at the, um, in the skating realm uh, doing the little videos, that, that was sort of leads into a question that I wanted to ask you. Um, what, what do you sort of see 
as a W, obviously that's something that can improve on. What do you see as WSL? What's some of the good things that they're doing at the moment or say pre-lockdown? Yeah. I mean, I think the WSL making an effort to become, uh, I hate this word content. It's it's the worst word. It's a buzzword at the moment, isn't it? A content provider. I guess it would be, you know, you think of Netflix, right? You go on Netflix and you've got a million options. Jesus. My kids are playing Fortnite next door. Um, I think WSL is doing a really good job at being diverse in their programming. You have kind of documentary style things on not just the top pros. Uh, you have high action clips. You have these kind of hard hitting, you know, hard hitting documentary style shows about some, you know, mainly competition, but you also have these slices of life little things. So I, I think the WSL has done a really good job, especially right now in a quick reaction, right? They, their events got canceled. They did not skip a day. They went yeah. right back to work and they figured out ways to get surf content out there, to keep it fresh. And I think that, you know, right now they have 10 shows that are all really well done. that are all really entertaining. Uh, and they're all pretty different. You know, you, yeah. you have similar stuff like the vault and the rewind. I had to ask what the difference was, but after I found out, I go, okay, that was pretty obvious. That was a stupid question, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's just so much to, to choose from. And I think they've done a good job and they, everything could have just fall, you know, the, the bottom could have fallen out with the events being canceled, but I think they've sure. actually lifted their game and now there's yeah, more yeah. stuff to watch, more creativity coming out of the WSL. So, I think they've, you know, they've kind of survived and thrived already mm. through this. And so when the events do start up again, they're going to be that much stronger because they, 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 they have now this editorial canon of multiple shows that they can plug in at events. And so you're going to have the event, but from that event, there's going to be 10 offshoots coming off of it. Yeah, so yeah. my dog's getting involved. <laughs> My kids are in the house somewhere too. I'm not sure where they are. Oh yeah, we know we, we've we've been on entertain entertainment mode. I built a jump ramp today. Nice. Painted a table. Yeah, it's been a good day. Hey, I'm um, speaking of Netflix. What are, what are you watching on Netflix at the moment? Well, we burned through Tiger King pretty quick. <laughs> um, we burned through Great British Baking Show. God, I love ah, that show. I wish, I wish there was more. It's so calming. It's just the most perfect, beautiful show. It's like meditation, isn't it? Oh, it's the best. Um, we've been watching uh, Westworld on HBO. That one's been that one's been big in this house. Um, a lot, you know. I've been really going pretty deep on YouTube. A lot of those little 15, 20 minute music documentaries. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's, they do a really good, they do They make the work easy for you when you just turn it on and you can let it ride. Yeah. Yeah. You can go all day and you're just down wormholes. <laughs> um, one of the, one of the documentary movies that I've been recommending to everybody, it's called uh tread. tread and it's about a guy who is wronged by the city council of the small town he's in. So he builds a tank and he destroys the town. <laughs> awesome if you if you liked tiger king it's not as redneck or kind of meth, methy or wild but it is it is 
intense and it's so crazy. So that's a good one. That's a recommendation. Tread. Tread. Yeah, I'll keep. I'll keep it. I'll, yeah, I've, I've written that down. I have a look at it. Have you come across Ozark? Ozark. Yeah, we actually. I started it a long time ago, and I watched the first episode, and I was kind of. I don't know. But then I revisited it, and we're starting to roll with Ozark as well. Yeah, it's one of those ones that gets better oh, you know and better what? and better. Kind of back on the like the the core surf thing. Tanner Gudowskis is doing a pretty cool uh, weekly program where he shows a movie i mean he's got a setup with a vhs player and he shows a movie and does interviews with the surfers so that's been a kind of fun thing to fun distraction um, you had kelly on there um just recently didn't he yeah that was rad Doing kelly talking white. about fins for an hour he's <laughs> got those, ma- those massive uh, side fins there riding a quad right yeah. i screenshotted that and i go i want these fins <laughs> yeah. i'm sure i'm yeah, sure so yeah, Westworld is our Westworld is our current favorite. If I have to pick one show right now, Westworld. Westworld. All right, we're in the middle at, at the moment, so I'm going to write that down. We've been watching Bloodlines, which is set in in the uh, Florida Keys. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna too, write that one not too bad. Not too bad. Um, hey guys, I'm sorry, but I have to go. You got to go, go work. Um, do my day job. <laughs> is it is it in the next room over, or do you actually have to go somewhere? No, I think I think it's just the there. Next, you just in my just lounge room. Doing it right there, aren't you? A multitasking mute. So gonna... I better go. But all right. I'd like to have you on, Chris. And uh, if you ever get over the West Oz again, we'll have to catch up for a surf and a beer. Absolutely. Find me a one to two foot glassy <laughs> beach break. You're might, on. Might be. Uh, <laughs> take care. We don't need to bone speech later on. He's gone. It's Friday it's morning gone. in in uh, Western Australia, and T Bone's got to actually go and earn a living. He's one of the lucky few that still has a job over here. Um, Chris, um, what, what's your thoughts on wave pools? Have you have you been been able to sample a couple of them over there? I love them. <laughs> they're so fun. They're like they're like skate. I mean, they're skate parks for surfing. Mm. I've surfed. Uh, I surfed Typhoon Lagoon in Florida. I surfed the wave pool in Dubai or the United Arab Emirates. I surfed uh, Surf Ranch, BSR in Waco. And everyone is different. Everyone is so fun. It's what I love most about rolling up to a new skate park is figuring out your lines, you know, trying to kind of decode where you're going to get the most speed, where, you know, the, the whole puzzle of it is so fun to me. And yep. I think it's the same for wave pools. Um, you know, just it, it's it, I, it's way less serious, obviously, than going out even on a small day at your home beach break. But the idea that you can get that same wave, that same ramp over and over, and the idea that you know it, it's man-made and there's a train, and I mean, the whole thing is so bizarre and just so fun. If you're surfing, you know, surf ranch is really nerve wracking because you only have a, a, a couple opportunities. It's a finite resource. Mm. I was going to say, did you get the Kelly anxiety? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's really heavy. The paddling, the standing up and the dropping in is just the, the scariest thing you've ever done because wasting a wave there, I would rather miss a wave at Chopo or <laughs> restaurants <laughs> because you know, there's going to be a hundred opportunities, but there you miss a wave and you are um, cooked. But then you go to a place like BSR, 
in Waco, Texas, and there's a million waves. And after one day, you know, let's say you serve two sessions in one day, you feel like you've been on a 10 day surf trip. <laughs> My friend Todd Richards and I went to Waco and we landed, we had a session at night, we had a session the next day, and then we went home and I swear it felt like I was on a boat trip. <laughs> it was that fun. And you're laughing the whole time. And look, I love watching the events there. It's I'm probably not in a, in a, you know, in, in the most, uh, popular opinion of the surf of the surf ranch, which I really enjoy. I know it's repetitive. I know they could do things to make it better, but I feel like there's so much potential there. I'd sell my um, firstborn I, to have a go on it. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, <laughs> and now that, you know, stab, the stab high event at Waco was probably one of the, the more, the most fun events to watch of the year. I was really looking mm. forward to the Melbourne one. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think things like that, it's, it's a different, I wouldn't say it's a different quote unquote sport, but it's a different element of surfing. It's, it's like toe surfing, surfing, you know? Yeah. You have toe surfing, mm. you have wave pool surfing, you have beach break style surfing, you have point break style, you know, there's so many different facets of it that I think the mo- most people that hate on it have probably never been invited to the wave pool. Yeah. Or, Almost guaranteed anybody <laughs> anybody that actually gets to go there is not going to be. Uh, you're not going to hate on it. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to hate on it if you get to do it. Those are the best two waves in my entire life at Kelly Slater's yeah. wave pool. The more wave pools, the better. Keep opening them up. Let's go. Oh, absolutely. We um. So obviously we're in Western Australia and we had um, a version, a similar one to the one in Melbourne that was uh, slated to go ahead. And the local council shut it down, which is unfortunately something that happens in WA quite a bit. Um, but it looks like it might be going ahead in a different location in a year or two, which is great news because I don't know if you spend much time in Perth. I, I wouldn't have thought so, but it's so full of surfers and there's basically no surf at all. There's, I think there's right. something, something like 100,000 surfers. Well, that's probably an exaggeration, but... Really need a wave pool. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop them all from coming down here. Exactly. Get that thing built. Um, speaking speaking of boat trips, have you have you done a few um, in Indonesia and the Mentawis and that sort of thing? Yeah, I was fortunate enough that when I when I was editor of Transworld Surf, I think once a year for five or six years, got to go to Indo. Um, a bunch of you know the best trips with. Andy Irons, uh, Andy and Bruce, of course, on a couple of trips is always going to be memorable. Uh, some, you know, most of those were your, just your classic, get on the boat, go to the mentalized surf, you know, H- HTs, Lances, uh, macaronis, all those kind of famous waves. And it was when you would pull up and if you saw another boat, you're going, oh, what's up? Let's go, everybody. Come on, let's go surfing. <laughs> And so I was really lucky to be able to kind of live through the heyday of Indonesian boat travel. Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, I would love to go on another one again. It's just, it's, I think you get older and it's like, life is so much more hectic. It would be, it almost feels like it would be stressful to be on a yeah. boat for 10 days yeah. right now. Yeah. Just I'm sure I could make life. it work, <laughs> but I have so many great memories of being on those boat trips. It's, it was, I mean, that, that is the best the best time and the best place and yeah, the best yeah. way to surf, no doubt. What, what current tour surfers would you take on a boat trip with you now? 
jeez, uh, who's the slowest paddler and the, the least? <laughs> no, just for, just for good company. I think, you know, for good company, thinking of guys on tour, Connor Coffin's always fun to surf with. Um, he can provide some, uh, some accompaniment on his guitar. Jam, jam for us at night. Um, yeah, I mean, geez, that's a good, that's a good question. If I was going to put together a boat trip, I mean, I would, I would probably more go for the kind of cruisier vibe. Craig Anderson, Dion, Dane Reynolds, uh, less, you know, I don't want to say less aggressive because I'm sure those guys paddle for a lot of waves themselves. Um, but you know, like just the fun guys on tour, you know, Sebastian Zietz, mm. Connor, the, the kind of more relaxed crazy guys fun guys. The fun one. Yeah. Totally. The less aggressive, uh, competitive base maybe. Yeah. You get Steph Gilmore on there and she, you know, you watch her surf and just get, <sighs> you know, your, your style would get better just by surfing with her. I can assume. Mesmerizing. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, um, yeah, I think those sort of crazy characters are always good to have on those boat trips because as you do have some, some characters that sort of, I want to go surf this way right now and drinking more beers than I should and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. And they're going to take, they're going to take off deeper than you. They're going to catch more waves than you. They're going to paddle better than you. So yeah. you want to, if you, if you're going on a boat trip, you want to make sure that you have the right mix and the, the level playing field of, of surfers when i surfed in the surf ranch i had one group that was all incredible surfers you know vaughn blakey uh pete terrace grant ellis so it was kind of a media day right and then the second session that i had was a couple guys i didn't know a couple prominent media personalities that might not well, they didn't surf as good as me so i got a lot more waves got a lot <laughs> more opportunities so if you're gonna plan a surf trip plan it with your friends that maybe are one level below you? Is that like a <laughs> we, um, we did a, a trip to myself and T-Bone and a few other mates did a trip to Lakey's uh, fairly recently. And it was, um, we managed to get some pretty fun waves, but it was a, a really level sort of um, ability there. So we all, all just had a really good time and oh, geez, yeah. miss those in well, trips. Every, everybody raises their level, right? You get your kind of crew of friends yeah. and everyone's going, all right. And one guy does something sick and you're like, yeah, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole crew wants to get in. I want to do that one as well. Um, so I'm going to let you go shortly, Chris, you've been very generous with your time. What's the, what's the next sort of 12 months look like for yourself? Obviously once the, uh, geez, uh, that's the question. And has there been any sort of release from the WSL about when things may or may not start up again? I mean, I know as much as anybody else really. Mm. Um, I feel like, my gut is telling me that June, July, things are going to be normalized yeah. and there will be events. There will be, you know, sports are going to start up again. Hopefully it's all, it's going to be different obviously for the next year, but mm. I, I can, I, I could see being back in Hawaii for the triple crown yeah. kind of totally standard operating procedure the north shore this winter yeah I can um, as well. hopefully hopefully the european leg um goes on uh you know brazil g land those are all going to be kind of touch and go at the moment um for me for the next six to 12 months world surf weekly is you know that's uh, going to be a beast that we're trying to just make better and better every episode 
be doing WSL surf breaks pretty much every day. Uh, Vans Park Series, the first two events of that of that that tour um, are going to be happening. So hopefully there will be more skate events rescheduled to later in the summer. Um, you know, so you know, um, luckily again, luckily I'm super busy right now with yep. my podcast, with the WSL stuff, you know, with with side gigs and all the hustle. So I'm kind of, it's kind of the standard operating procedure for me right now, but I am missing, you know, getting on an airplane. I'm missing <laughs> exploring new cities and all that fun stuff. So I think once this whole thing ends up, it's going to be plenty of work, but I'm going to try to focus more on doing travel just for personal, personal use. Personal travel. That's it. That sounds good. Travel. Yeah. 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 We had a trip actually booked uh, in about two weeks to get head over to the Melbourne Wave Pool to um, check that out. But obviously that's been cancelled. So we'll have to reschedule that for later in the year. Um, well, awesome, mate. Thank you so much for joining us on Barrel Surf Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you in California, Chris. Hey, well, you know, the, the irony is I'm the worst barrel rider in the world. So <laughs> to have me on a podcast called Barrel is, is ironic and hopefully entertaining and informative. Well, it's, all, it's always the goal, isn't it, to get barrel when you go surfing. So um, Chris Cote from California and the WSL and uh, Cote Media Group, thank you very much again and uh, all the best for the, the coming period of lockdown. And um, oh, T-Bone's back. Hey, T-Bone. <laughs> He's on four conference calls right now. Multitasking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. you on. T-Bone, I was just thanking Chris for joining us today and uh, we're going to about to sign off. Any last questions for Chris? No, just stay safe and, um, yeah, thanks very much for coming on and, uh, well, hopefully we'll see you over in West Oz soon. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there soon. I'll bring my face mask. Stay safe, stay calm and stay sane. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, mate. Yeah, boys. Yeah. Catch you away from me next time you go. Good day.